our angel investors, what was amazing about them was that they had been operators like you. <laughs> you know, they had been operators themselves before, founders. Um, and so in that way, they could contribute more than just money. They really contributed a lot in terms of network, in terms of um, skill themselves. And it was really beneficial for us. This is Female Business Angel Podcast, your go-to destination if you're a business angel or would like to get into angel investing and don't know where to start. Or if you just want to find out how we tick. We're Tina and Katja, both business angels from Berlin. Well, I'm a VC now. We will interview established female business angels about how they got started and how it is going, including all the best tips and tricks. So get ready for some insider stories and personal empowering moments and revelations with these incredible women. Welcome to this journey with us. Hello from the beautiful Scene Ventures studio. So Scene Ventures is a pre-seed fund investing in early stage startups. In, they love cool products. And yeah, you can check it out at scene.io. And today we have a super, super cool guest who is Emma Tracy. She's a former co-founder and CMO of Honeypot. She's currently a venture scout for Peak Capital venture fund focusing on B2B SaaS and uh, she has some plans for the future as well. She cannot reveal yet, but uh, we want to talk to Emma about her professional career so far, her interest, passion and especially angel investing as this is the topic of this podcast. Welcome, Emma. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself. What What are you doing? What was your journey? Sure, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm from Ireland originally. Um, I moved to Berlin about seven years ago after a career in journalism um, and also founding a, a communications agency prior to moving to Berlin. Um, and I moved here with the intent to find something, also with the intent to be back in Europe, a bit closer to family again. Um, and I founded Honeypot in 2015 with my co-founder Kaya. And Honeypot is a developer-focused job platform. Um, we exited from Honeypot in 2019 um, to Tsing, uh, or New Work as the whole company is called now. Um, and I left the company at around at the end of 2020, so around December 2020. So it's crazy. It's almost been a year now. Yeah. <laughs> Time year. goes fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, and so that's kind of my entry point then into angel investing um, via the exit of the the company. And it's been an exciting few months since then. That's really cool. So did you did you jump straight into angel investing after leaving the company? How how did your first angel investment happen? Yeah, the the first angel investment actually was kind of. Um, an interesting one. It just came really through my network um, almost directly after the exit, actually. So we exited it in April 2019. And in May or June, um, someone which I knew fairly well from kind of like the developer scene in, in Berlin and from particularly from GraphQL um, came and approached me and said he was um, doing a new angel round. Um, and so it was like a bit intimidating, <laughs> you know, at first. Um <laughs> 
to kind of think through like, okay, well, what exactly is involved with an angel investment? How do I evaluate it? Um, am I making the right decision, etc.? Um, and obviously exit, it was, you know, the first time in my life really that I've had a big, um, a, a bigger amount of money. So, you know, I was, I was a bit intimidated by it all. Um, but I was so happy that in the end that I ended up doing that angel investment and it was a super small ticket, but it kind of gave me the first steps in. It gave me a bit of confidence and the company has been doing incredibly well since then. It's a company called Graph CMS. Um, and so that, that was my first entry into angel investing. That's really cool. Did you, were you in touch with angel investors while, when you were founder yourself? We were actually, yeah. So we did you pitch to them or did they approach you? How proactively? How was it? Yeah, so we did have angel investors in in Honeypot, um, and we had some really amazing ones. So one I frequently talk about is Felix Plog. He was a uh, f- the founder of or one of the co-founders of um, Food Panda. Um, and he came on board because I actually went to see him talk at a, a family event um, and he was talking about how to scale a business. And he actually gave a shout out in that to Honeypot saying something like, you know, you really have to think about different channels to use, especially in developer hiring. And we're, we're using Honeypot and we love it. Um, and I was in the audience and like, oh, that's so cool. Like, um, so I wrote him on LinkedIn and then we kind of got to know each other. And in the end, he became an angel investor, um, which was a great lesson to me of like staying involved, you know, in the, in the community of attending events. Um, connecting with people and you never know where it's going to lead um, and so our angel investors what was amazing about them was that they had been operators like you <laughs> you know they had been operators themselves before founders um, and so in that way they could contribute more than just money they really contributed a lot in terms of network in terms of um, skill themselves and it was really beneficial for us so they were like extended strategic team exactly yeah which is really cool super helpful yeah <laughs> and then so so you exited your company and you jumped straight into angel investing by accident so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> did you plan for that or were you going to travel the world and see what's next yeah and, and how many angel investments have you done since then yeah so um i mean i definitely had eventually a plan that i wanted to travel the world but COVID came obviously and yeah. um, so that first angel investment was while i was still with honeypot um and so i didn't do another angel investment for a year after that actually um and i think i had the same this the same timeline like start from the first angel investment year past. Oh, nice. Yeah. And what was, what was the reason for you? Um, I just didn't find anything yeah. or it didn't find me. So, yeah. But yeah, I think that's the lesson, I guess. No rush. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think it's a really interesting way to do yeah. it because I think you learn a lot by kind of get, getting the, um, you know, investor updates, seeing how the companies run and you understand how to ask better questions. So that nice speed, <laughs> slower you, speed is useful, right? And you learn a lot by uh, due diligence in companies as well. So yeah. like, I don't always try to um, be mindful of founders' time and never waste their time. But I mean, you're being approached, you approach companies, so you, you, you learn a lot, even if you don't invest yet, or even if 100%. they don't want you as an angel investor, maybe either. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a year between my first investment and my my second one. Um, and I think the motivation coming into um, 2020 was I wasn't working at all anymore with Honeypot. I had intended to travel, um, but I well, COVID. Yeah, COVID, <laughs> I think COVID we all know, right? <laughs> um, and so I wanted to demystify a little bit this side of of growing a business. Um, I wanted to see what it felt like on the other side of the table. Um, and so I started taking angel investment much more seriously and really talking to a lot of different companies. Um, and so since that time, I've done um, four angel That's investments. Cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. How 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 did I mean during the COVID we were all sitting well in our flats and uh, on Zoom. So did you just start reaching out to people, telling them, hey, I'm I'm doing some angel investments now? Or how did that happen? Because I found it really challenging to, I, I also love attending events, meeting new people, but this networking part was really hard. You could meet someone for a coffee walk, like under the snow and rain. Um, and then there were these Zoom conferences and hop in, came in, virtual networking, but... I don't know. I found it exhausting. Yeah, as well, a bit. It was cool, but it can it can be yeah. exhausting. I mean, I think you're like the master networker. To be honest, you were one of the first people I met um, towards the start of my angel investment journey, and you helped introduce me to quite a few people. And I think that's like a big thing, you know, try to identify people who um, are already active and seek advice from them. Maybe they don't always have time and that's yeah. part of the game. Don't be offended if people don't reply. Um, you know, that's just that's just they part of it. it. They don't um, mean it badly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, try to get connected into different angel groups. So, um, I mean, there's some great Slack groups for angel investing, particularly for female investors. We're both part of Evangelistas, for yeah. example. Um And yeah, attending events, um, talking to um, former colleagues, employees, um, and kind of just getting the word out that you are um, looking to invest. Um, it's just a process of making your intent, I guess, as visible as possible, even though it can be very tiring. Yeah. I mean, your, your background is in marketing and in PR, so I guess you're master of that as well. <laughs> well, let's see, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. yeah we met through the... Common angel investment through Remy. Exactly. Calls. It's a cultural OS for remote teams to female founders mm -hmm. who really wanted to have half of the cap table with female investors. Yeah. And uh, they, I think they managed at the end. They did. Yeah, it was really impressive. It's not the classical setup, unfortunately, but that's yeah. what we are striving for, right? 50-50. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the cool thing was the second investment that I did after that um Vitamin is what it's called. It's a financial planning tool. Andrea. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also have a very strongly yeah. female-led um, cap table, which is really cool to see and makes a lot of sense for that product. Yeah. yeah. And you see that, I think, now more often. I don't know if you agree that people are specifically looking for a more diverse cap table than they have been exactly. in the past. That's why we started this podcast yeah. as well. So we are being approached by female founders and they asked for angel investors, for female angel investors. And normally they name a few women who are always in the press, who are role models for us. And we would like to have them at the podcast, at this podcast here at some point. But uh, also, if you're just one person, you cannot be on the cap table of all female founders. You, you cannot physically, even if you had money for that, you just can't go to, I don't know, 20 notary uh, meetings exactly. <laughs> yeah, per, per, per week. And also, as an angel investor, you have to understand a bit the topic. You are, like, the, well, what, what, the start, what the startup is building, you have to relate yourself to, you have to get along with the people. We are all different. And so we decided, okay, why not to shine a light on, well, female angel investors, like other female angel investors who are not every week in the press, maybe, and maybe you are doing less investment, but they are still there. And it might be the perfect fit for a female founder out there. Yeah, so, it so makes a lot of sense. Of the reasons, yeah, for, yeah. for this podcast. Yeah, well. I love that. I think, it, yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's now not just enough to have um, a diverse team. I think having a diverse cap table as well really reflects on 
you as a founder and your ambitions, I think, for where you want to take the company and what type of product you want to grow. Um, So I'm glad to see initiatives like this would shine more light on it and also knock down the barriers because it's it's intimidating (laughs) at first. But I think like podcasts like this really are demystifying it um, and showing that it's not as difficult as it seems. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It's a bit of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. feeling could be. Yeah, definitely. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're not, so we had ladies here. They are coming from the financial background, M and A. So for them, it was more natural, mm-hmm. maybe. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's like I'm, I'm, I, you feel like you're not, you're like in the wrong shoes, maybe. Yeah. Or, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can, is, but, I can yeah. totally relate to that because I studied literature in university, you know, mm-hmm. literature and film. So I'm not coming from a finance oh, well, background yeah. at all. Um, and so, yeah, building the company as well, like learning, you know, everything about P&L and everything about financial reporting um, was kind of, you know, a big step to take. And then learning a little bit more about finance and investments also was kind of an area that I just wanted to make sure I understood. Um, yeah. For Also for like, you know, for I think any person, any woman as well out there, like just that sense of being able to reach financial independence is, is really positive and really inspiring. So... Yeah, because they can help other women. Yeah. They can improve the world. So, so what is what is your criteria? Like, what is your um, yeah investment focus you are looking for? And how did uh, your experience as a founder uh, shape it? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I I care a lot about the team. Um, so I want to see that there's um, kind of a good mix of skills. Um, and I want to see that there's um, determination and grit um, in the founding team. Um, and I want to see that they care really about the users who they're ultimately serving. Um, because I think you need to have that kind of like passion for what you're solving to be able to keep going in the really hard times. Um, and I, I like to be able to see that founders just themselves can at least get the product somewhere off the ground, you know. Um, so I like to see a, kind of a good mix of skills. Um, so I really start with the team. Um, and then I like products, um, which I can understand, <laughs> essentially, you know. I mean, I've been working now in HR tech um, marketplaces um, for quite some time. Um, and then, of course, I look at B2C products, which I would use myself Um so that's, I mean, it's quite broad, I think, in terms of what I would potentially invest into. Um, but I do want to understand, yeah, the use. Yeah. Yeah, I was, sometimes I do invest in, uh, yeah, in startups. So I have to understand them. But yeah, something where I'm not that experienced yet, but mm-hmm. I could learn. But yeah. then I do, I, I, I need to have a feeling that they kind of need my expertise, for example, in sales or the staff. Yeah, I mean, so it's nice to feel to like you can, yeah, exactly, yeah, you can help. Ways, yeah, yeah I'm I agree. not the lead investor, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that's interesting. And um, and how how do you, so how, so go, so moving moving forward, so you're scouting for big capital and mm-hmm. you will continue your own angel investments, like selectively, I mm-hmm. guess. So will you have, like, prioritized differently? Do you look, uh, is it a different angle? You used to evaluate deal flow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so right now I've really like stopped my own personal angel investment. Um, So I'm starting my own new um, company and I'm obviously investing into that. 
Um, and I didn't want to have too many different focuses. So I'm doing my own company and I'm doing the Venture Scout program with um, Peak. And um, for Peak, yeah, I'm looking kind of at B2B SaaS marketplaces. Yeah, but I don't know. Have you ever received like a really crazy pitch or where you approach like in really um, like some extraordinary way or unusual way by like a founding team that you would remember and you would like to share um, on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have I have huge respect for anyone who puts themselves out there, you know, and shares a pitch. It's not an easy thing to do to put out an idea, put yourself out there. So I really respect anyone who comes forward actually with a with a pitch. Um, I think one thing which I saw, which I really liked, was a very very young team. I didn't actually end up investing into them, um, but they actually shared like a video of themselves pitching it um and I mean it, it, it felt, they just send it and they sent it yeah, yeah. and it, I, some parts of it felt a little bit like um kind of a bit unprofessional but in a charming way you know and it did make me remember them and it and, and it did make me reflect and I remember their products still and I, I like connected with them on LinkedIn and things like that and um so that was nice and it was it was memorable but as I said like I even if it even if it is kind of an idea which I would find um crazy or you know like wild or whatever um I still have huge huge massive respect for anyone who does it um, yeah. because yeah I mean it's a hard, such a hard thing to do to put yourself out there and, yeah. and have an idea did, did, did you have to be in that role or did you bootstrap it did you have like clients and uh, I don't know paying clients from the beginning so you were kind of growing organically and you didn't have to to do many pitches and in kind of investor relations. Yeah, so um, luckily my my co-founder Kaya was quite well connected in the um, in the Berlin scene already. So he did a family and friends round, which started us. Um, and then we had um, we were very quick to revenue with our model and quite high ticket size per um, per hire. Um, we did go out and look um, for VC, but in the end, it didn't end up happening um, for a variety of reasons. Um, and I think timing was probably a big one of those. Um, and that experience, that was tough, you know, like that was one of those things where we said, okay, like we're really going to have to now focus and just make this company so appealing that it's impossible to say no. Um, and we did do that after about six months from the time that a VC said no to us. Um, we actually ended up kind of signing with these angels and then about... 12 or 18 months after that we ended up exiting the company yeah, so that was really quick yeah from like yeah. A, a very low point to a yeah. high point you know and um but so I I know the feeling of um rejection <laughs> I know like how tough it can be and you know fundraising I think for any first-time founders um is something which is like a full-time job and I think the you know the best angels like really take that into account and aren't over demanding about what they're about the time yeah. that, that they're taking away from founders. Yeah. What what advice would you give you? To, what would you give to to the first time founders? How much time should they spend into well trying to raise around from the VCs? Like how many weeks or months? When should they just maybe give up and uh, do a different strategy? Yeah. What would you recommend? I mean, I guess it, it really depends on which uh, round and stuff they're going for. I think it's it's really, really great to start with an angel round because um, it tends to be less intensive. Um, and also you can kind of account for the skills which you don't have as strongly represented within your team. Um, and so if you don't have someone who comes from an investment or a finance uh, background, definitely try to get an angel that does come from that. Um, and that person, then you can rely on them to tell you, okay, Given your market, given your stage, how long do you think 
how long should you actually be spending on this um, on this pitch? But do account for um, you know ninety five percent time of at least one founder for at least three months. I would say um, because it's such a time intensive process if you really want to do it right. And then there there are also so from what I've learned there are like uh, fundraising peaks kind of seasons. So for example now it's um, yeah it's almost over. Mm-hmm. So everyone is moving towards the, to sit under the Christmas tree with the mule wine. So it's <laughs> gone ski holiday. Yeah. And then it starts again. I guess last late January something like that. And then in the summer it's so so it's the same. I think August is I don't know August Ju- July is like a holiday season. So it's kind of from I don't know. Would you agree? It's like January to July, and then maybe I don't know September to like December, which is like a very hot. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, and it's probably yeah good to, to plan your time around that yeah, yeah. and your holidays. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, you also need holidays. Yeah. Found out that's important. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Although I wish I had have told my my younger self that <laughs> you did not take holidays. <laughs> not for the first few years of Honey Pot. No. Yeah. Yeah. But that was an amazing ride. I guess. Yeah, so, it was. So, I mean, I loved it, and I loved yeah. the team there. And, yeah. So worth it. Yeah. No, I like the approach of uh, trying to figure out what is the skill set you don't have in the founding team or in the like the early team at your startup and uh, try to win angels with um, with the skill set. And if you cannot get them. Angel, angel invest. I think another strategy would be to get them on your advisory board. Totally, yeah, right? as yeah. an advisor or yeah. Yeah, have you done that? Are you on an advisory uh, so, board? So yeah, I, I yeah I've done that and I've seen that mm-hmm. as well. So but yeah, that's that's my recommendation to great, yeah. to, to the founders. I mean, I'm new to that and I'm learning so much. I think I have a feeling that I'm learning more than people learn from me. <laughs> but um, yeah, again, so it's fascinating and very passionate about it. And I think yeah, you should look at it holistically. And it's like, okay, because I've seen so many pitch decks and then you see, okay, you have like these three people or two people co-founding the company, but then you have these advisors and these angels supporting the cause. And if you know one of the advisors and of the angels, it's kind of, it builds trust and you can get some references and maybe you worked with one of the advisors together. So I had that in one company, for example, and then I just um, called him and... um, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's actually a really good tip, I think, for founders and to think like that as well. Yeah. yeah, so it gives you like more credibility, maybe, and also if you get on board, more experienced people or people who've done that before. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, we actually at Honeypot had three um, quite senior developers also involved in the open source community that's on our advisory board, um, and that was yeah so so useful for us um, in terms of building credibility in the the developer community. Yeah. yeah. What would you say, like from the founder's perspective, and now from the investor's perspective, what's the right cadence to kind of meet your angel investors or advisors? Is it like once per quarter or I don't know, is there a good frequency to kind of, you know, get them involved, but not too much? Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, our angel investors were great because they were so hands off, I think. Um, and they were there when we needed them, you know, so like, um, one kind of came in and really helped us with a strategic project and actually stayed in the company and worked in the company with us for that amount of time and really ingrained himself, which was really cool. And it was really interesting. He became so much more effective than in his advice in in the future. One came in and literally helped for about 20 minutes to just craft the um, kind of the wording and the story around the vision, which was unbelievably valuable as well. Um, So... For me, the best angels from a founder's perspective <laughs> are the ones who um, 
are hands off, but they're when you need them, when you ask for their yeah. help, essentially. Um, and from an angel perspective now myself, I try to apply that same thing. Um, yeah. So I do try to like, you know, invest into companies where I can be helpful, but I don't assume a role. I don't assume there's a role for me. I, I wait and I see if they need something and ask. Um, and I think like a big thing about angels um, that's useful for founders is actually just their network and their connections um, more than anything else. Yeah. And yeah. I think maybe the outsider's perspective also, like exactly. coming and just, I don't know, make a suggestion to the wording or how to frame your vision. And totally, because yeah. you're not like, you're not kind of professionally blind. You're not doing it for five or six days per week. You're, yeah, just come in and uh, you see things differently. So like the fresh perspective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But we had Gloria Biolite here on, on the podcast yeah. last, uh, yeah, like a couple of weeks ago. And she was talking about being a pool angel. So it's not a push angel, but they, they can pull her. Oh, if, yeah. If they her. So, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, for me, sometimes I feel like, okay, I, I, I was not helpful for months. Maybe I should like uh, reach out. Maybe I should, maybe I should do something. But I think that's, I, I'm going to learn from you. Like, so <laughs> that's a good strategy. Yeah, it's super cool. So how should startups approach you if they have a B2B SaaS product? Or should they just reach out on LinkedIn? Or? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So just reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, usually sending the pitch up front as well is great. Um, I really always appreciate that too. Yeah. yeah. Exciting. That's really cool. Cool. And uh, yeah, maybe just to, I don't know, like to close down. So we have two questions. So one would be if you could change one thing in, I don't know, in the world, like what would it be? It would be something like that. Wow. Um, it's a bit it's kind of <laughs> big, but... Great question. First thing that comes to your mind. So, so, so many things are racing through my head right now, but probably one of the things would be seeing more um, women with like young children or um, pregnant women being involved in business and kind of visually like there, you know, I don't know if this makes sense, but um, like to have more representation basically of of women who are either pregnant or with young families in business and cultural life in angel investment. Yeah, um, different life stages. Yeah, yeah, to kind of show um, that it's it's possible. Yeah, yeah. okay. That's one for me. <laughs> totally yeah, but so many things popped into my head, but yeah, this is definitely one of them. The first yeah. one. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, yeah, when you become a mother, it becomes your full-time job. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes at least for the first month or so for the year. But then, I mean, of course, you also have this intellectual curiosity and you, you used to be part of this incredibly buzzing like startup world. So, yeah, actually, when I started to engine invest, I had my daughter at home. Mm -hmm. She was still very young. We had sleepless nights. So I decided... Okay, I cannot go and work for a startup or build a company now because I'm just sleep deprived mm -hmm. and I cannot work for eight hours per week like I maybe used to, well, including, of course, party and traveling. <laughs> I think no one can work eight hours per week physically. And uh, I decided, okay, but I really want to be involved. So that's how I started mentoring startups oh, and awesome. advising and... Because, um, yeah, and I, 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 I was still working at Spotify and I had my startup at home with like, yeah, a little Nina. And, yeah. Um, That's yeah. so cool. I love that. So you're like turning kind of um, the like the, the limited time into actually a, a chance for something totally new. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I wanted to be involved, but I could not physically like work there as an operator. So yeah. because they had like another startup, a job, and then said, Okay, I can be maybe strategically valuable or I can leverage my network and my nice. experience and so that's how it happened. And maybe just to reca- recap, so what is the advice you would give to the female angel investors if you could give like, I don't know, three bullet points or like to this, to that? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, I think um, the first one is um, network. So, you know, like get to know people um, who are already doing this and get to know founders um, and just get involved, you know, go to events Um do whatever it takes just to get to know people and don't underestimate how amazing it is to kind of build up your network. And the second piece of um, advice is probably, um, it can, this angel investment sounds like it's something that takes a lot of capital, but actually the investment sizes can be much smaller than you think. Um, You can also even start on in syndicated deals, also via platforms like angel.co. Um, and you can start to understand and learn more about terminology, how other investors look at deals, what your criteria are, and understanding that criteria for yourself is really important. Like, what are you interested? Where do you want to make a difference in the world? What kind of things do you want to invest in? Um, and I think then the third thing is don't be intimidated. <laughs> just do it. Um, just start start investigating, start understanding. Um, yeah, and just take the step. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. So summarize. So network, build your network, don't underestimate it, get involved, just start and maybe start with syndicates or with just helping or, and then define your criteria. What, what, how would you like to see the world tomorrow and support it? And, exactly. Uh, yeah. Join the movement. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, Emma. Thanks yeah. For thanks for having us. me. <laughs>